without further ado, I will go to the pre-show. everybody welcome to sam and scott are watching watchmen the show where we watch the hbo show watchmen on scott i'm sam and this is our finale episode possibly for the series definitely for the season we're gonna Ooh. wrap up everything for you tie it up in a nice bow and then throw it into the cable wonders uh sam <laughs> why don't you tell the good people where they can find us you can find us on NerdCyclopedia.com where you see all our links. Mm -hmm. um, we have our links to our um, YouTube channel, which you're watching right now. Make sure you are subscribing and telling your friends, absolutely. Um, make sure that you are following us all over social media at NerdCyclopedia. We are on Twitter, Facebook, um, and also on Instagram. Yes. Um, make sure that you are subscribing to our podcast because we actually do audio podcasts as well. Yeah. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, we are on Stitcher. We're basically anywhere that you hear at Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. And most of all, make sure that you're, you know, um, um, emailing us at watchingwatchmen at nerdcyclopedia.com or nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. And today is a little bit bittersweet for us. And, um, oh. Man. I'm bummed. I'm really bummed because, you know, one of the things, uh, if you haven't heard it, they're not going to do a second season yet. Not, not a, They don't have an idea good enough, I guess, or they're just not ready. So this is it. The story we got is a story we got, and we have to satisfy ourselves with that. And we are here to tell you what we thought about it in general, in total, though I think you got some of that. Um, to start us out, Sam, how do you feel this show was as a successor to the graphic novel. Oh, man. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, while Damon Lindelof and the company uh, weren't the original creators to, um, you know, these cast, uh, um, these, these group of characters, well, they were creators to the group that, um, that um, um, the, the future, the present group in the 2019 group, like um, Angela um, Looking Glass, um, you know, some other folks, um, uh, Pirate Jenny. Who could forget Pirate Jenny? But the world wasn't created by them. Right. So would you really look at it as canon or just um, maybe fan fiction for, you know, something that, um, you know, wasn't really created by them? Um, if you want to really just look at it as like a, a, a sequel to what was out there before the original graphic novel, I thought this was the best thing, the best possible thing that could have happened to, you know, that original graphic novel. Because in my eyes, I thought that was what Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons and John Higgins did originally, um, as me and Scott talked about on our original podcast. For a long um, time. Was for a long time, like a lot of podcasts. So make sure you yeah. go back and listen. Check those out there. We did a lot of good podcasts and everything on those original twelve um, issues. Um, 
um, it was sacred. Like, how could you even do a, a sequel to it? Or, you know, how can you continue these characters? Um, they came out, DC came out with the before Watchmen, mm-hmm. and people were in the uproars, like, how can you touch these sacred characters when it's not when Alan Moore is not even not even involved? You know, how can you even, um, you know, tell their stories when they have no you know involvement? Alan Moore, you know, put a curse on, you know, anyone who else tried to touch, you know, his, you know, those characters saying that they it, it, it just couldn't be done, you know. Um, but Damon Lindelof was a special case to me. Um I got uh, I first got exposed to his um, um, material with Lost. You know, the journey on that was excellent. Um, the ending to me was great, but to others it could have been, you know, um, left a little something to be desired. You know, I think it's a half and half type thing. And then, you know, followed him over to Leftovers, which was really good. Season, the first the season started off, okay, real dour and down and everything, but the last two seasons were excellent material. Um so with with that being said, the Watch Watchmen, um, it came to be something that really holds a real you know good special place in my heart as far as this series and as a sequel as a as a continuation of the original graphic novel. I can now go back and read those twelve issues and look at this as a continuing story to round out a whole arc that I didn't know needed to be. Needed to be told. It was a great way to expand and continue the story because even after the book closes on the original, um, you know, Alan Moore graphic novel, um, we know that the world still goes on. So it was a good way to tell the story. I, th- I thought as a successor to, you know, uh, I thought it's a successor to the comic that the show was excellent because it did everything the comic did in the sense that it challenged our sensibilities and it wanted to rewrite what an origin of a superhero story was and what a superhero motivation was, you know, it took things from the sort of black and white, um, the black and white DC universe of the silver age and the golden age of comic books. And, and it lampooned it in such a way that it completely made you reevaluate all of those stories. And I think that, the TV show that we've dissected and digested and regurgitated and degurgitated and, you know, recited here, uh, this TV show does that as well because it changes your perception of all the events of Watchmen by essentially saying that just growing up as a certain type of person in America at a certain time was like having a superhero origin story. Right, right. And and that is a profound statement in and of itself because, you know, the idea that a superhero has to be an exceptional person with an exceptional experience. And what this show, what this show did is it said, no, this is an exceptional person with a, a far too common experience. Right. Or, Oh man. Yes. Great way of putting it. And, and that changed the origin of all of the superhero characters in this story and, and, and in this universe that's created here, the Dr. Manhattan, you know, Ozymandias universe. Um, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And to do it in the way this show did with just A plus episode after A plus episode is the type of thing that, you know, the reason we are going to lament this being such a short-lived series is because there's so much more richness they could go into. It's so deep. And it's the same reason we lamented 
the Watchmen comic book being a limited series for decades until they decided to do something more with the property. So mm-hmm. it's it's it is an echo of the graphic novel, not just from a story perspective, but also from a an effect perspective, which is something that good art can do. And mm-hmm. and ultimately, because we're left with a limited series, that's the only meat we're gonna get here. I think that it, it even deepens the effect because of right. how it mirrors because of how it mirrors the original release of the source material. Right. Um. I I thought that having, you know, I mean having the first, the first masked Avenger style superhero, uh, being not just portrayed by a, a black man, but character wise being a black man. Right. Having that right. version. And the first superhero superhero mm-hmm. being portrayed as a black person and by a mm-hmm. black man says says so many things about, you know, the fact that that has been controversial, I guess I should say, as opposed to mm-hmm. just being a story twist that we discuss on its merits, says mm-hmm. a lot about where we are as a country. And again, that is just something that good art can do that bad art isn't able mm-hmm. to do. And I don't mean to mm-hmm. say bad, I just mean to say not transcendent. So like Battlestar Galactic, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome show, right? Yes. Doesn't make show. me question the fabric of the society. I, <laughs> I don't think that... No, not at all. Yeah, I don't think anybody... There's some deep gonna, moments on that show, though. I mean, it's a good show. <laughs> not knocking it. That's the thing. Like, this is another show I like. I wanted to compare right. it. <laughs> so yeah. these are two things, two medias I feel, two pieces of media I feel positive about. Mm-hmm. But what makes Watchmen superior is that it it is able to hold a mirror up to, you know, to our society, to our world, and do it in such a way that it makes you question, you know, the things that are wrong with the world if you try to fix them in the wrong way, <laughs> you know what I mean? They can get much worse. It can get much, much yeah, worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's, um, and that's an, an incredible accomplishment for an eight episode television series based on a comic book that has been read by literally everybody. Well, that's essentially what the, the original 12 issues did. You know, it held a mirror up to the world and said, this is what's going on guys. This is what's happening in the world. And while it is a fictional universe and there's no such thing as superheroes, you could take a lot of what Alan Moore and them did and Gabe Givens and them did and 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 put it up. I mean, the, the original um, graphic novel, um, 12 issues, um, you know, went on during the Cold War, you know, uh, went on during the 80s, Reagan administration and everything. And it reflected a lot of that. You know, this series did the exact same thing. There's heightened stuff. Um, you know, with like the current administration, um, and people, you know, talking about race and culture and everything. The you know, right now it feels like the country is like more divided now than it ever was. You know, um, things paranoia is just at its at its height. You know, everything is just um, it just feels like something is going to happen, something's going to explode, which is the same exact paranoia that happened back mm-hmm. then. Um, back in the 80s and everything, because, you know, people just felt that it was a, a nuclear war was bound to happen. And as, as Scott, as you know, when we read back through those 12 issues, um, those 12 chapters, uh, we felt the escalation going from, you know, the murder, you know, the murder of a, um, the comedian all the way up until when the squid mm-hmm, attack happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was constant escalation all the way through those episodes and the feeling of tension. It was 
it was tension. It was events and stuff that just kept happening and, you know, um, escalation happening. Same thing with this series and same things uh, was happening nowadays. You feel escalation happen. Something you feel something is about to happen or explode or, you know, something has got to give, you know, in order for things to, um, you know, pan itself out. And Alan Moore was using the superhero genre, <clears throat> excuse me, as a way to comment on that. And as a way to, you know, uh, um, put like a fantasy out there. What if a squid alien attack happened? <laughs> would everybody, um, <laughs> would everybody put down, <clears throat> well, seriously, would everybody put down their arms and actually unite and work together and everything? That's a really great question to ask because it makes everything seem trivial, you know, to the point where, you know, you're making all these nuclear arms and all these weapons of mass destruction and everything. How much does it really mean in the end if all of a sudden, you know, none of that matters? You know, um, this series was asking this this HBO series is asking the same thing. How much does race really matter? You know, uh, race matters a lot when you put the context of, of, of a person, you know, taking to the time to actually hate, you know, taking the energy to actually hate and think of themselves um, 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 something uh, think of themselves better than another mm -hmm. person, you know. Um, um, to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I lose my train of thought. But the show did the show did a yeah. lot to comment and mirror everything that happens back at you as far as society. I think that you know, you talk about escalation, and we talk about the way yes. the, the story structured, like like how the graphic novel started with the murder of the comedian and went all the way up until you know bodies everywhere, right? Bodies beyond your imagination. <laughs> Which, again, yep. is just a reference to another thing. I don't think it's funny that a lot of people died in the story. So, you know, this show was an escalation. This show started out... If you if you look at the first episode of this show and you only watch that, which I think some people must have done. I mean, my, yeah. my wife only watched the first couple of episodes. I mean, the questions we were asking after the first episode were like, who killed the chief of police? Like, who murdered this guy, Don Johnson, right? It's so pedestrian when you consider that at the end, we're thinking to ourselves, is this woman now possessing of the types of powers that allow her to reorder the atoms of the entire universe at will our universe at will and that has just exploded out so now and you know i want to say this that for me the the delight in this series and what makes it such an excellent piece of media is that the characters that existed on the page mm -hmm. were were just done justice to in in tremendous ways um, yes Everybody, even you know, Hooded Justice, who doesn't have a lot on uh, the page, has right. is just brought to life and not just in this four-dimensional character. Right? We see everything, even its time perspective and time. Um, I, I'll say this, this is a funny story. So uh, we were looking for something in the, this this room right here, my wife and I today, and she came across my notebook for like I think the third episode or something like that. And there's all this commentary about Lori Blake. And it just says Lori, like a bunch of times. Lori's this, Lori that, Lori did this, Lori did that. She was like, who's Lori? And you seem to really want her. And I'm like, oh, oh man, it's on the man. TV show. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't, I'm like, you should have stuck with it, you know. Uh, but yeah. it was, so like my, I have, I really love that character. I really love the portrayal of Adrian Veidt in this show as an unhinged, yeah. you know, strategic yeah. genius to the point where right. he's able to to come up with his whole plan and and plan to try to keep his sanity on you know the moon of jupiter <laughs> that well, fails. Well, well, and, 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 and the thing is it's like because of the um the the 
the uh, the horrific crime mm. he committed, the horrific crime he committed in a graphic novel, so horrific, you know, because you know he thought he was just you know trying to save the world and everything, but in essence, you know, um, it was a crime. The karma that came back on him in this series was such a great like arc, you know, such a way to bring it back home and everything, you know, look and laugh at Adrian. You know what I'm saying? We were looking to, to, to see him as more um, pathetic, you know what I'm saying? Um, more, more to the point of where, okay, you know, this guy did this. This is the guy that did this horrible stuff in the graphic novel? You know, you know, kill three million people with the squid. You know, he was the genius that did this. You know, he's nothing more. He's nothing more really than a man, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the portrayal of Ozymandias is the slowly losing his mind <coughs> and the way they presented it by just showing you every year on the anniversary and just not holding your hand. Um, you know, that sort of media. Hilarious, hilarious jokes and just brought so many layers to the portrayal that I think. Mm -hmm. You know, and not to not to pick on Zack Snyder, but it's a it's a juxtaposition. The there was like this, like he was an effete character in Watchmen, right? He was above you, but he wasn't as driven. Like you couldn't feel, I couldn't feel his like this never this unending desire, this unending determination, and 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 I felt it that in the show from Adrian, like he will go to yeah. any lengths any right. lengths whatsoever to get what he wants and i yeah. believe it in an instant because the portrayal is so good yeah yeah so, yeah jeremy irons he did such a wonderful commendable job with this character mostly by himself and <laughs> and here's the crazy thing so everybody thinks ozymandias is a genius and gonna sit in the world saving and the smartest man in the world in the graphic novel right yeah and he tricks the world and murders three million people right to save the world but he fails as we know here right in this series he's portrayed as as comic relief and losing his mind and out of touch and wacky and and he's played up for laughs and he does save the world literally using the weapons he made to trick us into that he saved the world previously yeah right so it's it's the ending echo of that because if he hadn't schemed that way there we wouldn't be there to stop his daughter right right yeah his genetic yeah. his genetic daughter from surpassing him and and here's something interesting. You know, I'm I'm reading a book uh, about the end of the Roman Republic. It's called Rubicon by Tom Holland, who's not the Spider-Man actor. Uh, he's a historian, very good one. It's a narrative history, and you know, I'm 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 drawn to the comparison between Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus, right? His his heir, his grandnephew, and thinking about the comparison between Ozymandias and Lady True, mm -hmm. because Lady True outstripped her father mm -hmm. vastly and had vastly more holdings and was vastly more successful and intelligent than than her father mm -hmm. and and to me i was thinking about what would what would you know octavius what would augustus say to caesar in like mm -hmm. 15 you know he'd say you shouldn't have been so direct or something like that right he would have critiqued him he'd have said no 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 that's right. not how you should have done that and and i get that out of lady true who's a character obviously that didn't exist until until the series right um and i but i could feel the depth of her vendetta not just against dr manhattan for not doing more to save the world but against her own father or I against her own father that. right mm -hmm. man yeah right yeah yeah she 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 was rejected by him mm -hmm. absolutely you know? rejected and then 
Uh, and then he, he's cynical enough to just he's cynical enough to just swallow it and be like, oh, I guess Doctor Manhattan <laughs> forgot about me. And he would have known, you know. I love that flashback scene where he's talking about like how well how would I for- lose my memory? And then Adrian tells him how to lose his memory, and all of a sudden Doctor Manhattan's missing. He's like, oh, I guess you know he, he probably put the one on one together on that one. Um, I want to talk about I want to talk about Lori Blake in detail. Um, okay. I want to talk about her as a really just excellent character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's been rescued from the source material for me. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the source talk material, about that. Mm-hmm. she portrayed her as a damsel in distress too much. And obviously everyone looks like a damsel in distress next to John Ostrom. And that's, that's just fair. But um, when you have like, what was it like the six main, uh, six or seven main characters were all men. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, well, five of the main characters were men. And then Lori was the woman, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a central, you know, um, um, character in that story. Granted, you had her mom and everything, but really the focus was on Lori. So, yeah, it was that that sort of like it was. Uh, and I guess back in the 80s, it was things were different as far as the way uh, females were written. So when you're talking about she was rescued in this. Yes, mm-hmm. it put female to the forefront in this series. All the female characters are excellent. And and all the toughest characters were also female characters. Angela, tough. Lori, tough. Lady True, tough. Both mm-hmm. BNs, right? Mm-hmm. Very tough. I mean, it's it was excellent from that standpoint because one of the critiques of Watchmen, like you said, is that the women were portrayed sort of as eye candy and unnecessary to the comic booky stuff that was going on, right? Um, so I feel like in some ways the show has has redeemed that shortcoming of the graphic novel. Um, I, I'm all, I'm still thinking this is excellent. If they told me, if you tell me they're going to take 10 years off and make another series of this, I'd be excited. Um, I, I, I am just sort of crushed that they're not going to make it anymore, but I know they're going to, they're going to do more things like this. And then we're going to see more from diverse voices now because of the success of this series. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So, so the way he put his writer's room out here together is that, um, Number one, he didn't accept that it was going to be all um, white males and everything just concra- you know, crafting the whole story. He, number one, wanted it to be definitely diverse as far as more female. You got to see more female um, um, directors in the show. Of course, you know, um, more um, African-American, you know, uh, Asian-descent of, you know, just basic diversity as far as the whole writer's room just to make sure that the story that he was trying to craft or put in his mind, as far as Damon Lundeloff is who I'm talking about, <clears throat> was the right story to be told, you know, on screen and everything. So people would be able to challenge his um, sense of beliefs and everything. It's it, it sort of, and, and it's, it's been a lot of great art created over time and everything. Alan Moore created good art. But would do, do you think it would have been even better if he was challenged by a person or challenge with diversity because if we go go back novel really the only um uh, person of color in that, that graphic novel was the the new the the um the 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 boy the the guy the reading the um comic the pirate comics in the in the new in the um on the newsstand and everything right. bernard. you know yeah bernard 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 um, and, and, and all and also um the um oh, we can't forget about rorschach's um 
<laughs> Rorschach's psychiatrist, oh, yeah. psychologist, and, and everything. Doctor. You know, yeah, doctor and everything. So really, those are our only two portrayals. You know, well, one thing, one of the things about the show that's cool is that it 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 explains that to you, right? Well, why yeah. aren't there any black people in the Minutemen? Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> it's like the answer to that is unsettling it's like america yeah, is yeah, way yeah, way way yeah, too yeah. racist and it makes sense it makes and sense it makes total sense yes it makes sense i yeah. can accept that you know and that, that, that's that's sort of like retroact um you know um a whole story to give like you was talking about earlier hooded justice whole arc we got a whole arc on a big character um you know from the graphic novel and we have a whole arc of 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 why he came to be and how important he was, you know, um, as far as you know, just the Watchmen and um, you know, costume heroing period and everything. He was an inspiration to a lot of things that came to pass. An inspiration to Ozymandias. And you all know? of this, and all of this vigilante violence is an echo of the vigilante violence of Tulsa. The vigilante yes. attack in Tulsa, it's yes. all, yes. you know, it's yes. an echo of this white supremacist violence. And we see it, we see this sort of vigilantism and whites, it, we see it all tied into white supremacy explicitly by this show. Right. Explicitly. So, you know, seeing the hens come back to roost, so to speak, the roosters come back to roost for the, the Tulsa racist elite was super, right. was a super interesting choice for sure and and really really awesome um it's yeah. it's not easy to call your shot like this and make uh and make something where you can set the whole that whole first like 20 minutes mm -hmm. again showing the the lengths of the depredation and the lengths of the you know just the senselessness of that violence and taking the time to really hold your hand and say this is important to the whole rest of the story and not really saying it why directly for six episodes, but telling right. you why, because you have the cultural center and we have all these, these, I don't know, scars that this, that this violence has left behind that run through the entire narrative so that you don't have to be told how this connects to Angela directly. But when you are, it's still, it's still exciting and interesting. Right. 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 And it's still presented in an unreliable enough way. Like, we still hear two hooded justice stories in this narrative that we didn't hear in the graphic novel, right? Right. Um, we still see that brought to life. Um, and that doesn't even get into, like, Looking Glass, who is... Yes, yes, yes. I mean... His the, perspective the, on just the 1985 incident is, is, is so interesting. Yeah, the, the, the psychological effects that happened, um, that ha the, that happened with him and the way he had to deal with that trauma... Trauma, trauma, trauma is the underlying theme of the whole, you know, Watchmen series, period. You know, but Damon really wanted to express that in his version, you know, of the, um, you know, HBO show and everything. And um, we see with, when Lori talks to um, um, Angela about trauma, um, it's a way of having to cope and deal with, mm -hmm. you know, your pain and everything. So we talk about looking glass, you know, um, um we talk about how the way he deals with that and, you know, what happened with um, everything that happened in Hoboken and his experience with the psychic blast and, you know, having to deal with all that. And now he's afraid of um, a squid attack. I mean, that's how his whole life is built around. You know, his whole life is just just imagine that. And then imagine if you were all if you were told that that was a lie. I mean, you know, he even if he had not received any. It's like actual psychic damage from the squid. Mm -hmm. The the full 
10 out of 10 humiliation that he experienced at the same time all those people were killed would probably be enough to make him phobic anyway yes, yes so yes. the fact that we know that there is real psychic damage being done to wade here and that it is all being tied together explains the obsession so perfectly and, and not just him mm-hmm he went to a group. So yep. it's a bunch of other people out there that's going through the same exact thing. Yep. And, and so, you know, portraying that as, again, the echoes of Ozymandias and who's the echoes of the Minutemen, who's the mm-hmm. echoes of Hooded Justice, who's the mm-hmm. echoes of the mm-hmm. Tulsa Massacre, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. showing how that, that came all the way home to roost in Hooded Justice and, and the death of the, the Nazi elite of, right. uh, of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right. And the murder of the police chief and, you know, the the death of John Osterman, which would have to be a world historical event. You know, right. it's interesting to me. And this and this is something I was thinking about today, mm-hmm. that John Osterman was pretty much born in like 1930 mm-hmm. and died in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. So he just lived a normal human lifespan. Yeah. He had all of his power. He had the power to to do anything he wanted with his will. And, and he never aged, but he did live. He didn't. He wasn't Methuselah or anything. He didn't live for five hundred years. He wasn't a vampire. He died at you know eighty nine, which is a, a you know a good age, right? Uh, it's an advanced age, but it's not an age that would be insane for a particle physicist to make. <laughs> right. That's not a super dangerous occupation. Although, of course, the show and the comic prove that to be false. <laughs> Very oh yeah. For him. Uh, yeah. You know, there's so much to talk about. You know, and, and so much let's, to reflect let's, on for sure. Let's, let's 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 reflect a little bit on the um the expectations of people what they thought was this was supposed to be like in a, from the very first episode. It was very controversial mm-hmm. to start off with like the Tulsa, Oklahoma um you know killings and um the massacre and everything. So you know it was a lot of interpretations by a lot of so-called watchmen um people or um lovers or whatever this is not my watchman it's it's a woke show you know it was it's too you know political you know or um it's this is not what i it was going to be you know let me just ditch out of it let me just yeah. not you know finish watching and everything you know shame on you shame on you you have any you you have your right to to turn your tv off to yeah. things that you don't want to see but to judge it based on a one episode um, it's just not fair. It's basically just, just looking at someone, I'm looking at you and saying, okay, because you're white, I think you're a racist. I'm black. So, you know, that's it. You know, yeah. that's just what I think. So you're not, I'm not even giving my, you know, a chance to getting to know you, getting to dig, dig deep in you. I'm not asking you questions. You know, this is what, um, this is the interpretation of, uh, of what people thought this series was. Mm-hmm. So once you got to like the third, the fourth, the fifth episode and see and you'll see exactly what it was, especially when Lori Blake walked into the scene. Oh, yes. And it was a great compliment to everyone, you know, who were um, um, novel to see that, OK, this series, what I thought it was going to be. I just had to wait for it. <laughs> you I th- know, I think people people tune in expecting to, to cozy in to their memories of this, yeah. of this, instead of being confronted with the actual text and the subtext and, and you know, uh, what Alan Moore would, uh, Alan Moore certainly wasn't an apolitical, is not an apolitical person. He definitely didn't write this to be apolitical, you know. Right. So the idea that one, the show was going to be apolitical or should be apolitical, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. as good, first of all, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be have as, as good. much to say. Right, right, and right. The other thing is people were like, 
I mean, I, I'm not kidding here, dude. There were people out there that were like, why would you show this, this fit? Why would you make up this terrible thing and open the series with it? Oh yeah. To yeah, make yeah. people look, look bad. And, right. I, and I, it was flabbergasting to me because one, I wasn't aware because I'm, I was a history major in college for a while. So I, I had to, you know, took a lot of American surveys. And this is something we talked about in those classes. Mm-hmm. So the people weren't aware of this mm-hmm. was something that, that, that was, was bizarre to me. I didn't understand why people were calling it controversial. I thought it was because of the gun control stuff with the cop. Right. Like I thought that was way more, <laughs> way more pokey than just saying, Oh yeah. Like, that, that was small potatoes compared to, okay, this really happened. The yeah. Tulsa stuff really happened. Are you serious? Let me look this up and actually see. Then all of a sudden you got these articles out there, you know, about Tulsa, Oklahoma, such, 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 mm-hmm. such, you know, that just actually happened. But granted, Scott, a lot of this wasn't really taught in like, you know, the history in, 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 in schools and everything. And, you know, it wasn't really directed to, and also to, um, to what happened back then after it was, well, you know, as a history, you know, history, history major and everything, um, a lot of the history was buried. Yep. You know, it was buried. So right after the massacre happened, they burned a lot of the stuff, you know, as far as all the history and stuff that's, that's just still even coming out mm-hmm. that we're still now finding out, you know? So yeah. Uh, um, why would you make this up? Because it's in a fictional universe and it's right. sci-fi and everything. It's considered be, you, you're just making this up. This is just another, you know, uh, we know that Damon Lindolf is, is a liberal or whatever. So it's just another way to 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 um to use the, the media uh, this media platform as a way to you know um you know propagandize you know his feelings and everything um by making this whole story up. Some people still are probably thinking that okay, yeah. it's still just made up stuff. I think that the other thing the other thing that's important to point out is one, this is a real thing that happened, so you can't get mad about the portrayal of a real thing that happened. And if you think that the level of violence that was displayed here is inappropriate. Um, you know, read any account a contemporary of the sack of any city ever. It is as as yeah, fulsome this, and awful what, as, as was. What, what they showed on HBO was tame compared to what actually happened. Yeah, they did. So yeah. you know, yeah, they they couldn't. You couldn't even really fandom this. Uh, I believe it happened over a span of it was uh, like three. It's Memorial Day days. weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a long, yeah. Like they picked a long weekend so they could keep it going. That's how f- evil <laughs> this yeah, this was. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know. This is something I want to point out. So this is anchored in a real real flashpoint, right? A real thing that happened to happen in both our universe and the Watchmen universe, right? Right. So the flag the flag uh the flag that Will wraps his his future wife in, right? Mm-hmm. That is not the American flag. That's right. the Watchmen American flag. Right. Which means that what it's saying is that even though history diverged before this, this is in the divergent timeline that this has happened, that human nature still makes these things happen. It's a commentary on the universality of the the idea of the other. And right. it's interesting also because that's another echo of what of what Ozymandias is trying to do. He is trying to force by creating an external threat. By, by forcing humanity to recognize an other that is outside mm-hmm. of all of humanity, it forces humanity to say, us is every single human being. So it's an excellent parallel. Yeah, an excellent. excellent parallel. Super. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like that, this is the fulcrum on which the entire plot of the graphic novel turned. Right. And to see it being used this way in the series is just excellent. 
It, it indicates that the people that made this show have a firm knowledge of the source material and a loving knowledge of the source material. And that is something that I appreciate because you don't often see that in a, you know, a for-profit production is the way I'll put it, right? Yeah, yeah. Really, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, that's you, fair, I, and they should, but you know what I mean. Right, 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 right. Well, HBO had the... the, the... Unfortunate, unfortunate to Alan Moore, <laughs> they had the foresight to realize they they needed to, I guess, make money off this property. Yeah. So yeah. they needed to, <laughs> but they didn't fig, they couldn't figure out a way to actually do it. And mm -hmm. to their credit, they knew they couldn't do what they what what happened with the Zack Snyder thing. Yeah. You know, um, some people loved it, some people thought it was a debacle. So you know, you decide on that. Some people <clears> thought it was like, man. But, <laughs> but they, they fortunate or someone, some executive was fortunate, uh, had the force, you know, foresight enough to look at Damon and Lindelof and express um, as him. OK, well, do you want to handle this? You know, because we think you have the, you know, the um, the the passion and the talent to actually, you know, work this out. And fortunate for us that he did yep. because he completely understood and was able to make other people understand, you know, this material and everything. And when you really look at it, it's as it's, it's complicated as it is, mm -hmm. you know, and as complex as it is as far as, you know, both the, the, um, the graphic novel and the series and everything, it's not really that hard to understand, you know. It's, it, the, the graphic novel started out with a murder mystery. Everything escalated, you know, to a point where a squid attack happened, you know. <laughs> um, Same um, thing so, this one, right? The same thing with this one and everything, you know, um, uh, a murder happened in the beginning and then, you know, we got the escalation, you know, um, at the end with Lady True and everything, you know, same thing, you know, it's simple stuff. Um, uh, one thing I did want to address too, how about the PDPD files, man? Oh, how great man. those things, man. I, I felt like, like I said, it felt like another parallel for the graphic novel and it was such it was a perfect way to do it. Having an in-media character that was sort of tertiary for most of the show. Right. Just like Hollis, Hollis Mason. Right. Sort of a right. tertiary character for most of the show. And mm -hmm. getting their perspective and their collation of data. Um, super interesting. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and declare it just because I guess there's no authority anymore. Where we live in a, <laughs> in a watchman anarchy. Dale Petey was Lube, Mr. Lube. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yep, definitely yep. was well, putting that to bed. I, you know, there's no nobody's in charge of the canon anymore. This is this is the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I you know, it was a um those those files every week to 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 have them like debut. So 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 number one, you get excited about watching the episode every week. So it was something to look forward to. Something to actually get on social media. You know, actually interact with folks to talk about. It's a great thing when you have a show where a lot of people could discuss and you know deep dive and go on Reddit and um. <clears throat> um, you know, um, talk about theories and everything. That's just such a great thing to happen. You know, that happens. But after the episode airs, the next morning, you get more information that um, that parallels the show that sort of like, you know, uh, gets integrated with the show. And um, I was listening to um, Damon Lindelof's um, podcast because he has three different podcasts um, that talk about the show itself and how his writers, him and his writers are actual, actually writing these these um, um, external material to, to complement the show. That's mm -hmm. such a great thing to 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 give dedicated um, watchers, dedicated you know you know people who love this just this material to, to just to keep it going and everything, and to interact and talk with those 
you know, about those things to, to find out about the, um, the, um, the big blue, you yeah. know, um, and, uh, and find out <laughs> what that what, what, Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur and everything, um, to and see what that, how that's made and everything <laughs> and the reasons why it was made. Right. <laughs> Dan was jealous. I mean, right. so, so, so he decided to get back and make a big blue. This was mostly you know? a joke, but now it's, it's important. <coughs> you know, now it's, it's useful. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, I want to along these lines because, this Watchmen is almost like I don't want to call it a fanfic because it's not that, but it's an it's a it's an update, it's an adaptation. So in a little bit, there's a little you know these people, their fandom, right, the creators' fandom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the juxtaposition of these eight episodes and the six episodes we got from Game of Thrones in 2019, yeah. and I want to talk about when we talk about loving source material and we talk about echoing source material. Think about how much better Watchmen was than that particular season of Game of Thrones and think about what would have been needed to fix Game of Thrones was just the editorial care that was shown in Watchmen. That's uh, it. Well, okay, that was that was very... So basically, love put, it's, 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 I guess it's like putting love and care into your child and everything. Mm-hmm. If you put love and care into something... You know, you're going to get the best out of it, you know. And if you're just sick of your kid. <laughs> if you're just sick of sick your of kid, them. you're going to get a dick. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of how it is. Uh, you know, that th- that's the thing is that I feel like. I feel like HBO sort of owed us a little bit after. after yeah. I don't yeah. want to say it like the. Not like me personally, like they owe me something, but they owe you know genre fans something after how game of thrones yeah, sort of yeah. went sideways for for yeah. big for big big picture reasons and certainly not the fault of any of the well, well, any of the yeah. actors performers people that worked on it people that did not, the effects not, people not that came up all. with stuff like none of those but, people are at fault right but 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 you spend time you spend like eight years invested in the series like that you come back to a week after week and mm. you know you know my um i, I love that show yeah. You know, um, yeah. I loved it all the way up until like the very, you know, last few episodes and everything. And, you know, I, it's, 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 I guess it, it would be hypocritical for me to say that, you know, um, if Lane, if Damon Lindelof can end off lost in a way where it's not everyone is satisfied. And I keep telling people, well, it's a journey, it's a journey, it's a journey. I can tell people with the game. I can't say the same thing with Game of Thrones where, OK, I hated the ending and everything. <laughs> but, you know, the journey and everything was incredible because it was. I can't you can't take away those feelings that what that you had every week um, deep diving into events that happened, because at that point you never knew how the end was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that um, that 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 um, the episode where, you know, they first um, fought the the um, the White Walkers, right. you know, um and you know um john discovered that um um my dude the night king was able to raise the dead yeah. you know he oh, yeah. hard home everything hard home and everything yeah yeah so i mean you you can't escape those great moments and stuff you know just because the end you know ended up crappy cuz so, so i so in essence it is all about the journey and you know sticking the landing is such a hard thing mm-hmm. we unfortunately we weren't really blessed to have the watchman around you know watchman tv show around um, that long to get to that point because with this one and done type of thing, well, we hope you know it's not one and done, but at this point it seems like it is. Um, it's just these nine episodes that we're just going to have to hold dear. Yep. You know. And I think that you know, I think it's a lot. It's a lot harder for to end things right than I think we knew twenty years ago or fifteen years ago. And I think yeah. I think we've seen that 
you know, like Return of the King, for instance, is probably the gold standard now, in my opinion. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, episode six, Star Wars Episode six. Again, I think you have to raise these episodes in your estimation. These these finales. Um, if you think of that, this this graphic novel series is one piece of art altogether. I think that it tells you the whole story you need to know and leaves you with enough ambiguity at the end mm-hmm. to speculate further, which is effectively the perfect time to cut the narrative off, which is gotta factor into this because again, this piece of art was such a labor of love for all of these people that the only reason apart from HBO canceling it for money, which I know that's not the case because they got plenty of right. money. Right. But the only reason that it would not make sense to move forward is if they were simply satisfied with what they produced. And if that's the case, I just hope that somebody gets that band back together and hands them a property, you know, in the Warner brothers arsenal in the DC arsenal that, that they can do something like this with, where they can take it and make it their own. And then maybe that can run for a longer period of time. And maybe this was yeah. just the, you know, the laboratory where they had to see if, you know, how does yeah. this perspective look on the screen and how are people going to react to that perspective? And we're going to use a property that we know maybe next time we can get something even a little bit more original and even a little bit more, you know, interesting. Well, you well you bring up a really great point because the problem with Watchmen is that it doesn't the way the way it's constructed the way that um, Moore and them ended off that that graphic novel with Rorschach you know um's journal being um, taken off the pile and everything and that ambiguity you know ambiguity of or is everyone going to find out is the secret going to be exposed that it was all a hoax we don't know right. and the way that this um, series ended off the Angela. Did she really get the power, you know, of Dr. Manhattan, you know, before her feet touched the, um, you know, the water and everything. So we got both of those, you know, both both um, endings are, am, you know, ambiguous um, to a point where um, the problem with this is that you you have to be really creative to keep that creativity going mm-hmm. um, and not dilute Watchmen. You know, so when you end it off like this. Is 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 you just can't keep it going. I, you just can't really do that, you know. I mean, unless Alan Moore just says that, okay, well, I love what Lane Damon, you know, did. Let me try to expound on that, you know. Even he, you know, I, I just think that um, you Alan just Moore, leave it Alan there. Moore ain't writing on Alan Moore uh, ain't writing on anyone else's coattails. No, I don't no, think no, Alan Moore's not, coming not, back not, to this. Not, not at all. I, I don't think Damon <laughs> wants to write on his own coattails. <laughs> he, he he wants to write off in his own sunset. I I did my work. I came yeah. and shot. And, you know, uh, um, I'm leaving. You know, like the 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 man in the in the man in black and everything. You know, um, I'm I'm done. So um, while HBO and while the Warner Brothers as a corporation will love to have this series and everything continue, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I I don't see why they should because it, the, the material itself doesn't lend itself to continuous, uh, you know, you know, a continuous narrative. Now, what I was thinking, I wouldn't be opposed to HBO redoing the first twelve issues as a whole miniseries. You know, twelve episodes, just redoing it. You know, the right way versus what happened with the whole Zack Snyder, Snyder movie. Just do it, so I can actually see this on television. Because that's what I thought Damon was going to do uh, when they first announced Watchmen and everything. Right, right, right. But he ended up going in a whole different, you know, type of thing, which I'm glad he did. But I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. You know, show me some. 
you know, B-level DC miniseries once a year like this, blow it out, change everything around about it, and, you know, that that, that would be cool, too. Um, you know, everything HBO does is pretty cool. I, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and act yeah. like I'm yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, they, they know how to pick their projects. They, they, de- they definitely do. Um, this one was one we were excited about the whole time after it had been announced. And we obviously planned to do this show and, um, you know, it's a bit of a bummer for us. Yeah. It's a bit of a bummer for us that it's over so soon, but you know, we've, well, I, I mean, we, we feel like we've done super, we feel like we've done justice to, you know, our obsession with the source material. As you can see, we're both just, we love, we love the comic and, uh, yeah. You know, even if, even though, this particular series is ending. One thing that I know is, you know, we've come a long way as far as our technology even. And um, so for me, I feel like our series was successful too, which is, yes, yes, yes. Uh, which yes, feels yes. really, really nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, I feel we, like, we, I feel like even if the audience doesn't agree and you know, guys, we love you, but I don't care about you in this case. I feel like we put together a good product for ourselves and that's yeah. something I'm proud of. So yeah. Sam, Sam to you, congratulations. We Thank did you. it. You as we well. did the whole thing. We, we did the whole thing. We start, remember how we started off. We started yeah. off with the first issue and was like, let's pray that this HBO show is actually some good. And this is, <laughs> and this is such a, you know, we, we weren't doing videos before, you know, we kind of, we kind of changed a few things around, reconfigured a few things. I bought a few things on my side that were holding us up. And, you know, I was recording a lot of those shows under a blanket um, <laughs> down here over on the other side because I couldn't figure out how to set the gain on my other mic. Oh, and uh, so I couldn't turn it down so you couldn't hear, like, you know, my, my wife talking to her mom on the phone and, like, oh, across the house. Yeah. Um, so, you well, know. We got, now, some, we, we got some really good conversations out of those, man. Really I mean, you know, revisiting that whole graphic novel was just a great experience for me because – you know, uh, I read it like dozens of times, but still found some things because of talking with you, yeah. you know, um, that I didn't see before. You know what I'm saying? It was stuff that every time you read that graphic novel is something that's always pops out at you. There's something that's yep. different, you know, that and you just appreciate the complexities of, you know, the whole Watchmen universe, period. And, you know, thank you so much to, you know, this being a serious finale, this being the end of, of the Sam and Scott are watching Watchmen's for now. Uh, you know, thank you so much to everybody who has, you know, supported us as we did all this, everything from those podcast recordings to our time at Comic-Con. Thank you so much to the people, even the guys around our booth. Uh, appreciate you so much. You know, to my wife, uh, Holly, who actually read this graphic novel, which is her first, like, comic book of all time. Oh, man. Uh, so that, you know, yeah, we, we, we still, we, and so, so Scott is talking about the end and everything. It's still yeah. a couple things we want to oh. do. You know, we we still want to talk about Watchmen. Oh yeah. So, so we will still be um you know doing like um you know getting Holly on because we, we kept talking yeah. about getting her on. But I mean, you know, talking about the series and everything. This will be and this then, is the last like you know. Episode, yeah, yeah, but so, this you know is the, the as far as the actual show. Yeah, this is actual. This is like this is this is pretty much it. We still want to talk about Doomsday. Oh, and, we're gonna know, do all that stuff. So before I say um, anything else, their encyclopedia ain't going nowhere, and you know if. If you've come to us for this analysis and you like it, you know you can subscribe here. and And the YouTube channel is is sort of interesting because it's gonna have all our all the it's like the omnibus feed for all of our content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we go forward from here, I know we're gonna be doing more things like you were saying, Sam. We're gonna have people on and talk about, um, 
even Watchmen and other things. I know, I know Holly actually is really into Star Wars now because of uh, Baby Yoda. So, oh man, I, yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta get my wife into I, it. Man. She might even be writing an article for us. She got the uh, one of Darth Bane books on yeah. uh, audiobook, and she really loved it. So, Uh-oh. so she's probably gonna write us a little review okay. there. Um, you know, I'm excited because okay. I know I think you know we're probably gonna be doing Westworld this year, which is also a super duper. Um, a super duper complicated form of art and it's, you know, genre science fiction is excellent. I think, you know, if you've seen our other reviews for our star Wars stuff, uh, you know, we're looking at having maybe some of those guys come on too. So, uh, if you're, if you want a little bit more sugar, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little less, a little more sweet, a little sour, uh, we'll have some of that for you. Um, yep, we will. I'm looking to do more, uh, as far as the nobody cares series. I know I piloted that, but I've been sort of, you know, uh, busy lately. Um, oh, we'll get talk, it together. We're going to get all that stuff together. And, you know, the future is bright for the channel for sure. And yes, th- the yes, fact that yes. we were able to bring this to completion and be satisfied essentially with the entire output. Like I, there's not a single episode we did that. I'm like, yeah, hey, don't listen to that one. I feel yeah. very proud of every, everything we've done here. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really happy. Well, well, uh, great, great material to be passionate about. And I think we've done an excellent job. You know, I'm 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 gonna pat. If you're not gonna pat yourself on the back, I will. I will pat myself and you on the back when I see you. You know. <laughs> um. So yeah, thank you guys for you know listening. Thank for all the um you know commenters that you know have chatted with us. You know mm-hmm. as we've talked about the episodes um uh, right after directly with the lives and everything. Yeah. Um. Thank you for listening to our podcast and um yeah like Scott said we will be back with more nerd encyclopedia stuff. Absolutely. Thank you to our guests, uh, Daniel Kibblesmith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Jeremy Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, Danikis, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody that came on and uh, shared their feedback, uh, you know, couldn't, you know, wouldn't be as, wouldn't have been as much fun anyway. I guess we could have done it without you, but it we wouldn't be fun. Yep. <laughs> it wouldn't be as cool. Ken came on. Yeah. Ken yeah. was on the show. Yeah. You'll see him on the Westworld stuff. Please. Yeah. He's going to come on our Westworld show. We're looking at doing a few things, uh, with some other genre stuff. I've been real into <laughs> the expanse lately. So, uh, you know, look forward to hearing more from me about that. Just like everybody else I know. <laughs> I got to get into it. So, yeah. Hey, it's it's good. It, it uh, picks up speed. You got to It's just like the wire, guys. This is this is the pitch. You ready for this? Here's the pitch. It's it doesn't hold your hand. It's like the wire and Game of Thrones had a baby with Firefly. Uh-oh. Hey, I'm on board. So, that that's enough to sell me. How about you guys? Anyway. <laughs> that's the best sale job I'll do today. So, there we go. So that is that, and obviously you can catch us out, catch us at Nerd Cyclopedia for our mainline show. Uh, you know, now that we have fewer reviews to do, look for some more flagship episodes in the near future where we talk about things we want to talk about. Concernit. Yep. Uh, Sam, anything else you got for the lovely people of the <laughs> audience? Nothing much. Just keep watching. We'll be back. So, Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this: uh, if they do make a season two of Watchmen, we will be here. And if they announce a season two of Watchmen, I am throwing a, a party on this channel. <laughs> we will have a good time. We'll have a celebration. Um, you know, sign off because uh, until they come back and make some more of these, uh, I'm Scott. And I'm Sam. And we watched Watchmen. See ya. Yep. Peace.